0: Hey Church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the Connections and Group Pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by His Word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. It's just good to see all of you. It's good to worship with you this morning. Uh, We learned who the musical people are and who aren't, right? Anybody self-disclosed like I did? Like, I was in the wrong section. I should have been in, in the one that's like, you're not musical, so you just hum. So that's where I should have been. Anyway, if that's you, you're in good company. glad you're here. Uh, My name's David. I'm on staff here at Frontline. Just like Mariah said, we're kicking off into a brand new series called Kingdom Culture. Uh, We're actually going to track through uh, a number of different parables that Jesus used to teach. But even before I get into any of that, I wanted to tell you this really cool story that I stumbled upon this last week. It actually happened in 1992. It was in Britain. Uh, There was a British farmer who had a plot of land. He just had a field, right? We pass fields all the time. We drive past them. You probably passed one this morning. He had a plot of field, but he did what so many of us guys do. He lost something in his field uh, and he lost a hammer. So practical guy reaches out to his friend. His friend's name is Eric. Eric was recently retired. And as a retirement gift, they gave him a metal detector, right? You know those people. They're on the beach. You've seen them already, right? Just walking around looking for hammers on the beach. That's what Eric came out. He's like, sure, I'll help you. This sounds fun. He takes his metal detector out there. He's going through the field. And Eric found something different. Uh, In fact, he found something a lot more than just a hammer. It's now known as the Hoxon, his last name was Hoxon, the Hoxon Hoard Treasure. Here's what Eric found, 14,780 gold and silver coins. What a retirement gift that was. (laughs) On top of that, 200 pieces of jewelry, ornaments, tableware. It was like this Roman family that had buried it all throughout the field. And the best part is this. He found the hammer. (laughs) Yes. So that's what he did. He gave the farmer his hammer back. He loaded up his truck. He went on his way. Just kidding. That's not how it went. Now, in Britain, it's kind of funny. The crown actually owns whatever treasure is found. Eric was rewarded with over $2 million as a bounty. Given $2 million, he looks at his friend, the farmer, and he gives him half. What a good story. What a great man. What a great friendship. What an awesome retirement, right? And uh, he's the guy that you will see on the beach this summer. Just everywhere he can go, looking for more. What's funny is I don't think a lot of us can relate to Eric Uh, The reason I didn't share the farmer's name is because I think most of us can actually relate to him. Here's the question I was wondering as I read this story and like, what, how long did that farmer own that field and he had no idea what was buried in it? How long had he owned it? How long had he tilled the land and harvested crops? How long had he walked past it? Maybe took a quad on it, drove a tractor on it. Doesn't matter what it is. As he walked out, as he looked out his window, day in and day out, over and over and over, how long had he owned a treasure that had a fortune buried beneath it that he never even saw? The reason I tell you that is uh, Jesus used parables to teach his followers about things that were often right in front of them that they couldn't actually see, like a field. Jesus would use stories and analogies, and so many of them revolved around farming and agriculture because that was the context in which they lived. Jesus used these small little pictures that were loaded with meaning inside of them so that the people that genuinely wanted to understand... The people that genuinely wanted to know what the kingdom of God was actually like. The people that were actually willing to take a shovel, to go out into a field and start digging for it, to go, there's got to be more meaning to this. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. The people that actually wanted to understand who picked up their shovel, their shovel and dug, those were the ones that actually understood the parables. The ones that did not want to dig walked away confused, miffed. Who is this guy? What are these stories that he says? They don't make any sense at all. Jesus would tell these parables almost as a filter to see do you really want to know? Are you really interested in digging or not? So here's the parable. Let's read the parable that we have today. It's in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44. Uh, It is one verse, right? Those of you that like short things, short sermons, say amen. I'm going to keep it short for you today. Matthew 13, verse 44, it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought that field. That's the whole parable. Is that awesome or what? That's the whole thing. The whole talk today, the whole sermon is all going to revolve around this one verse. Jesus taught his disciples, the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. Kingdom of God, those that want to understand, those that want to want to, to taste what Jesus' kingdom was all about, those that wanted to experience it, those that were infatuated with the idea that there's been this story unfolding all throughout history right in front of their eyes that Jesus is pointing them to, those that genuinely wanted to understand, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Just pause. I always look past it. I always get to the field part. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. It's more precious than gold and silver. It's more precious than anything that has monetary value. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. That's how Jesus saw his kingdom. It was perfect, valuable, holy, set apart. It was different, life-changing. Those that discovered the treasure that was actually buried would never live the same life again. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, and it's hidden in a field. I mean, imagine that's you, right? This isn't far off. It's not too far out there. Like, if you went for a walk tonight, right, beautiful day. Wait till the sun, the sun starts setting, you walk out, you see the deer that are grazing off in the distance, you start getting eaten alive by mosquitoes, you're just walking through the field, you're enjoying the sunset, you pull out your phone, you're like, click, I just it's just beautiful, everything about this is perfect, it's, it's great, it's right. And as you're walking, you, you literally stumble, you trip, you, you kick something, and as you turn around, you see it, it's shiny, it shouldn't be there. You come back over to it. You have to dig a little bit into the dirt. You get the dirt underneath your fingernails. And as you pull it away and you pull this out, you realize, I just discovered something very valuable. What, what starts going through your mind? Let's say it's not even your field. All of a sudden, you start noticing, like, this, this, is, this is important. What so many of us would do, for being honest, I'll put myself in this. You go, that's interesting. <laughs> Look at that at home. You stumble upon it and you start realizing, what what is that? And as you look over, you go, is that another one? And you come over here and you start digging the dirt away over there and you go, there is another piece over here. And then, and then you go a little bit farther away and you start digging over there and digging over here and digging. Here's the realization that you come to, right? You didn't stumble upon some chest. It's not just something at the end of the rainbow that you open it up and there's the gold and you just haul it out of the ground and walk away. No, no, I think it's piece by piece by piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. piece. And the realization hits you. This whole field is full of it. What's the logical thing that you need to do? You got to get your hands on that field. You gotta own that field. Here's where this whole parable falls apart for Jesus listeners. Here's where the whole thing, if, if I summarize it for you like this, okay? When a man found it, let's read this, verse 44b, second part. When the man found it, he hid again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. So, play it out. Guy finds treasure, doesn't own the field. The only way for him to buy that field is by selling what? This is the this is why we're not responding. This is the hard part. Everything. He sold all he had. He didn't say, This is worth the car. He he said this is worth the car and the house and every piece of silverware we have, it's worth the TV and the dish subscription and YouTube TV. It's worth the dog for sure. It's worth all of the stuff that I have. Like, I just need to sell it and get rid of it. And he takes all of that money that he has, all of the dollars that was that was earned from selling his stuff, he takes it. Here's why it took all. The farmer would not settle for any price less than the total value of all of the assets of the man that decided discovered the treasure here's what the american church the american mentality this is where that that kind of creeps in here's what we think or what we would arrive on as an interpretation of this parable whether we admit it or not we would say this selling everything isn't required i'll just get alone. i'll work out a deal with them I'll figure out some way to retain something that I own, something that's valuable to me. I'll figure out a way to retain what I have or maintain the lifestyle. What, what we often do when we read this parable is we say, well, maybe I'll just do this. I'll sell everything, I'll buy the field, and I'll buy it right back. Have you ever thought about that? I have, sat with this all week. Here's why it's important for us to talk about it i I think the treasure that we pursue is what actually defines our lives our lives are defined by it our lives are defined by the treasure that we actually pursue it says this man in his joy overwhelming joy releases all that he has he lets go of all of it every last bit sells it and he takes that money and in his joy He goes to the farmer, to the owner of the field, and he trades all that he had for all that is buried in the field. Jesus says to his disciples, that is what my kingdom is like. When you get a taste, when you start excavating, when you start digging into God's word, when you start experiencing God in prayer, when you start doing life with a community that is focused on how do we live like Jesus called us to live, when we focus our finances and our whole lives around giving the way God called us to give, when we do life the way that God actually called us to do it, when we step in, we taste the kingdom of God and we realize the old life that we had and the old way of doing things and the old things that we owned or or once possessed or once chased or once pursued or once leveraged our whole lives for pales in comparison to the treasure that we keep pulling out of the ground. But here's why so many of us just won't do it. So many of us, we say, I just don't like to dig. I don't like getting my hands dirty. It's hard. I mean, just play this metaphor out, right? The guy buys the field. He has nothing but a few gold coins that he had found. He can't afford to hire someone else to dig it up for him. I bet he had a shovel or borrowed one. And what's it look like as he goes out in the field and he starts digging, right, over... And Over and over what he knew is he would devote the rest of his life to exploring the treasure that was buried in That field. I think so many of us If we're totally honest, we know that there are treasures of the kingdom of God that are at our disposal We know where to get them the Bible is more readily available today than in any time in all of history It's the number one best-selling book And it has been for decades. And the reason they don't put it on the New York Times bestseller list is because everybody already knows. It's the most popular book of all time. It's the most bought or given away book. And here's what's wild is 9% of Christians actually read it. Let me say that again. The Bible, full of the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. God's word preserved for thousands of years to gift to you so that you might understand his love and his character, that you might understand his story and how you fit into his story, that you might know his son, Jesus, that it might be this avenue for a deeper relationship with him, that your life may never be the same again because of what is buried in that book. It is more available today than it ever has been before people had died to get their hands on this book. And we just say, just don't like reading i'm too busy i'd rather watch the game i'd rather go to work i'd rather listen to a podcast it's kind of this old book here's why i know all of these statements so well it's not because i hear them from you it's because i say them I, i mean if i had a nickel for every time i walked past my bible and i just went nah i don't want to I'm just tired. Like if I'm if I'm being super honest with all of you, I'm tired going into June. Anybody else tired? Just look at the last year. Look at the last couple years. I'm not gonna say you know the pandemic again. I'm sick of hearing that. Anybody else just tired? And and I think when we start thinking about church, we start thinking about God, we start thinking about spiritual things and how to explore the treasures of heaven, we kind of go, can I just go to the beach? Can I just go camping? Can I not think about anything, talk to anyone? Can I just disappear? I'm the type. Can I just go to like a cabin in the woods by myself for like a month? See my kids like an hour? Just kidding. (laughs) just kidding. They're not the reason I'm tired, I promise. I think a lot of us are just tired. And I think when we're tired we start making bad decisions one of those bad decisions is we don't actually dig into the thing that can actually refuel us we dig at things or we go after things that we can see above the surface that make us feel good right we watch tv or we listen to a podcast that we like we focus on self-advancement we come up with this plan for our business we retreat we get away to go how am i going to come back i'm going to be better and faster and stronger and things are going to be great and i just need a break so i need to totally unplug i do that All the time. In summer, my biggest temptation is to do this spiritually is to click in the neutral. As a pastor, one of the things I struggle with most is only engaging the Bible when I'm working. It doesn't count if I have to preach a sermon and I open my Bible. Like, God, are you recording this? Are you seeing? Make sure it's noted. It doesn't it doesn't count. What God said is the same truth for me as it is for all of you. There are treasures buried in his word. Treasures that have been preserved. Treasures that are readily available. And they're for my taking. They're for your taking. Not just to use as an avenue through it, but actually like God, God has something for me just like he has something for you. This summer, the West Michigan mentality is often this. See you guys in September, we're gone, we're leaving, we're out, we just need a break. I was talking to Blake, our executive pastor, about this this morning and he said, you should tell everybody we don't have enough counselors to see them when they come back in the fall (laughs) because it happens every year people click out people click into neutral they check out of church and community they stop reading their bible they stop engaging and serving the local church they stop giving they they stop everything that leads us to the treasures that god has actually preserved that he's given to us as a bounty going you can have it right now you can have it for forever it's me the treasure is jesus so often we just go i'm good I'm gonna do my own thing. We do our own things and it depletes us to the point that we get desperate. What if we can avoid that? What if we can save us from that? What if engaging this summer looks totally different for you? What if an investment in your own soul this summer could actually yield a life-changing result? Would you be open to that? Would that be worth you grabbing a shovel and saying, I actually want to dig? That devotional that's on your seat is a great first step. I started working through it. It's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. Here's what's so great about it. I think we had a slide for it. We have it online. You, you can access it online. So if you're like, I forgot it. I'm at the campsite. I don't have it. I okay. We have it online. They have internet. I know. <laughs> bring a paper copy. Bring your journal. Bring your Bible. Do it with your small group. Do it with your spouse. Do it with your kids. Read through it. doesn't take a lot, but a little bit of digging always yields fruit. Kingdom of God. I mean, if I could summarize this parable, the more you dig, the more you find. And if you say, oh, I just haven't, I haven't heard God in a while. I haven't felt God. I haven't experienced him. I feel lost. I feel lonely. Are you reading your Bible? the last couple days I've been reading through the book of Joshua. This is just funny. Uh, it's like five chapters uh, of a map in word form. That's not an exciting read. If you're like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, their territory was north of the Jordan River and it was east down to the mountains of Kadesh. I'm like, what's a Kadesh? And you're trying to track, and I'm trying to follow going, "I'm God, I know there's something in here. I just don't know what I'm supposed to get. And you know what's funny? It wasn't until I sat down and actually in prayer, God was going, can I show you something in your own life that has everything to do with what you just read? And all of a sudden I went, wow. I could have missed that if if I wasn't digging. There's treasures for the taking no matter what you read. Just read it. Just pick it up. Work through the devotional, work through a chapter, work through a book of the Bible, do it with somebody else. It will change your life forever, I promise you. I promise. Just to say this again, our lives are defined by the treasure that we pursue. Imagine what would have happened if Eric, the guy with the metal detector, imagine how the story would have ended if he stumbled upon a couple gold coins, picked them up, and went, That's not a hammer. Hard to hit a nail with this. And he tossed it aside and he just moved on looking for the hammer. How dumb would that story be? Here's what's convicting, right? If I'm just talking personal, I do that all the time. It's like you stumble upon a a word or a verse or a specific passage in scripture or maybe. Maybe God, through somebody else, they say, I was just praying for you this week. I felt like God put you on my heart for this reason or for it. Does that mean anything to you? So often what we go is, that doesn't help my business. That's not what I'm looking for. And we move right on. Or that, that doesn't fix the depression that I'm going through right now. That doesn't fix our marriage issues. That doesn't fix what's, fix what's broken between me and my kids. That, that doesn't fix the secret sin or issue. That, that does, that's worthless. That doesn't do anything for me. Jesus said, my kingdom is like treasure. It's like hidden in a field. The more you dig, the more you find. I think what we often realize is the more we dig into the treasures of God, the more it changes and affects every area of our lives. But most of us don't stick it out long enough to experience that. If I could beg you to do anything, don't click into neutral this summer. Don't check out. It is easier than ever to stay connected to stay engaged, to watch online, to listen to the podcast, to work through the Devo together, this could be the, the best summer of your life for your soul. If you simply dig, if you're willing to pick up the shovel and work at it, don't miss this, right? Matthew 13, 44 When the man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy went and sold all that he had. The greatest treasure we could ever acquire is the person of Jesus that's it that's the whole message he's what's buried the more you dig the more you understand who he really is the more you dig the more you understand how good he is the more you dig the more you understand how much he understands you in your life the longings of your heart the challenges that are in front of you, he understands how tired many of you actually are. He understands how stuck some of you are. He understands how some of you feel like, I just feel convicted or shameful. I got to clean up my life first and then I can engage with him. Jesus went to the cross at your worst. He said, you're worth it. Went to the cross, was nailed to it, died an awful, excruciating death so that you and him could have a relationship, so that the treasures of the kingdom of God could be available to you today. That's what he did for us. He is the greatest treasure we could ever acquire, the greatest treasure we could ever get our hands on. So here's the thing, I just wanna close with this. If we talk application, how can we actually do that? Uh, I'll say it this way, don't be half in on Jesus. Don't be half in. Don't have a foot in and a foot out. Don't do it last. Don't Be all in. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job unless he says quit your job. But, but maybe it's, hey, I'm going to wake up 20 minutes earlier and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to start that way. Maybe it's I'm going to carve out some time for prayer. Maybe it's just praying with your spouse or with your family, with your kids. Maybe on your way to work, instead of listening to a podcast or listening to music just to drown out the noise or give you time to think, maybe it's actually turning on worship music. I tried this in the last, like, two weeks. I've gotten rid of podcasts. I've gotten rid of audiobooks, I've gotten rid of all of that in my drive time. And I went, God, I just haven't worshiped you in a long time. I like just from my heart, I can't just worship on a Sunday morning for 30 minutes and expect that I'm going to get the treasures of heaven from that one time slot. It's got to be a daily thing. It's got to be a daily pursuit. i got to pick up that shovel every single day. That's what God's inviting us to step into. So this summer, don't check out. Start with this Devo. Dig into God's word. Do it in community. Try just exploring prayer in your own life. And then I wrote this last one. Don't just worship from your mouth. Worship from your heart. We sing different when it comes from a different spot. You know what I mean? We we sing different. Last summer, I wanted to tell you this. I just wanted to close this way. Uh, Last summer, I was gassed. I was really tired, Um, difficult season in a variety of different ways behind the scenes in my own life, challenges, things that were going on below the surface that honestly many of you just didn't know about, didn't see, don't know about. Uh, And I I was just getting stuck. And it was stuck between like me and God. And as I was going into the summer, I remember going like, what am I supposed to do here, Lord? Like just tuck my head and plow. Like, is that that what it means to be in ministry, God? Is that what it means just to be alive? Is that what it means to be a dad or a leader? You just kind of put your head down and push. And I felt like what God said was, I had a a mentor, I still do. His name's Ted, I've talked about him a lot. Uh, He lives out in Wisconsin. And uh, I talk to him maybe once a month, every six weeks, something like that. We just talk on the phone for 45 minutes. Uh, it's always life-giving to me, and so I reached out to him and I said, "I have a weird request for you. I don't know if anybody you've ever mentored has asked you this. Can I come live at your house for a couple days?" I mean, what would you say if somebody asked you that? And he goes, "Oh, David, I, I would love that." I went, "Okay, I, I need to do that." I remember looking at my calendar. I sat down with Shannon. I talked to her. I said, "I, I need, I need like three days. It's fine if it's two and a half. I just, I need two nights." away. I need to get out. I need to, to be gone. And I remember I showed up uh, at his work. He works. He, he's a business guy. Uh, he works at a health club. And so I, I remember showed up at the health club and we sat down in his office and he said, I, I've cleared my schedule for you. Whatever you want to do. You want to go get some coffee? You want to go get some lunch? What, what, what do you want to do? And all we did for those next couple days was like unwind, decompressed, and the two things that were needed, all that was my Bible and my prayer journal, that's it. I'd disappear, I'd go sit by myself. i just read my Bible for a little bit, sit, put headphones in, go for a walk. But I had never been so careful to carve out specific time just for God to invest and to speak into my soul. And I, I tell you what, I'm not a crier. I hate crying. Anybody else hate crying? Oh, I hate it. I cried so much in those three days. And here's this guy that just loves me, cares for me, you know, was able to see, like, oh man, God's really working on that area of your life, isn't he? And just as he peeled back layer after layer after layer, it was the, the treasures of the kingdom of God that began ministering to parts of my soul that I'd neglected for decades. Pieces of my marriage that were not healthy, not right, not good it was like god was going here here's where you engage here's where you step in here's here's what it looks like things with my boys where I, i'd maybe blown up or retreated and not engaged when i should have or god's pointing and showing me hey, don't don't recreate some of the same woundedness you have in your own life come come explore the treasures of the kingdom of god when you read when you live when you dig into just his word and his prayer with him it will change every part of your life and I'll tell you today I'm still yielding the benefits from that in fact we were just talking two weeks ago and I said can we do that again can I just come out and see you even if it's just a day two days and he goes of course open invite What what is that for you where do you need to carve out time just you and God Maybe it's in nature, maybe it's getting to the office before anybody else, you do some devo time, Maybe, maybe it's going for a walk, something that's needed with you and your spouse, your kids, your family, something where God can minister to your soul, where you grab a shovel and you open up and you say, God, I just want the treasures of your kingdom. Those who dig will always find. So do you want it? the first part of this song that we're going to sing here has an instrumental piece. We're not trying to be weird. We're not trying to force a mood or a moment or anything like that. But, but what we want to do is just carve out a little bit of time for you to go, okay, God, would you put your finger on something in my life? Would you put your finger on something that I need to do right now? Maybe, maybe it's to take your faith and your walk with Jesus to the next level. Maybe it's to start Maybe it's to make a commitment or to put something on your calendar, something right now. All I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to pray for us here. All I'm going to ask you to do is just say, okay, Lord, what is it that you would have for me in this next season? And then just be obedient to it. Sound good? Let me pray for us, and then we'll just sit in that moment, and then Corey and the team will lead us. So, Father, we just come before you uh, just right now. Uh, some of us are tired. Some of us are lonely. Uh, some of us are just itching. Like we, we can't wait, Lord, to get out of here. We can't wait to get off of work. Maybe it's today. Maybe vacation starts right now. Maybe... Maybe it starts in a couple weeks. Whatever it is, we've got our eyes on something. Maybe, maybe some of us came in today, we're pursuing treasures of this world, and it, it seems like every time we get one of those, maybe it's a promotion or a bonus. Maybe it's a, a relationship that we were after. Maybe it's a new house or a car or something fun. What, whatever it is, these treasures that we pursue, God, we, we keep finding ourselves still lacking. I just pray that you'd meet us, Lord, that you would show us the treasures of your kingdom just like Jesus taught his disciples that are right in front of us that maybe we didn't see. So God, would you just put your finger on an area of our lives uh, that we just need to to focus on with you? Not to be better, not to try harder, not to do more, just just to start digging in maybe places that we've known your kingdom exists, we've just resisted. So Holy Spirit, just come into this room, minister, speak words of life and encouragement and joy, not shame or guilt or conviction. Uh, Would you do a work in us as a church that we might be a representation and a reflection of you in our lives and with the people around us? We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.